Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. The big game is here, and that means it's time for one of our favorite traditions here on the Take It Easy podcast, which color of Gatorade is going to dunk the winning head coach. There's a whole lore behind this prop bet. Last year, Blue was a huge underdog, and it cashed plus 500. Two of the last three years have been Blue, and Blue has only been the color of Gatorade one other year. Orange is the favorite once again at plus 200. Orange has gotten it three of the last nine years. Orange also went back-to-back with the Saints and the Packers championships between 2010 and 2011, followed by no color, which would be water, Blue at plus 400, yellow, lime, and green are slight underdogs at plus 600, red and pink are both plus 750. Red has never been used, probably because red stains your clothes more than the other colors. I think this is red's year. I'm putting in a plus 750 prop on red. This is finally the year. First time ever that red gets the Gatorade bath. Head over to Bet Online today and use our promo code BLEAVE, B-L-E-A-V, for a 50% welcome bonus when you sign up. Bet online, where the game starts. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However and whenever it is, you may be listening. Thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network. Except it isn't live because it's a podcast Welcome in, everybody. It is February 8th, according to my count. May not be that according to your count, but we appreciate you stopping in. However, and whenever it is that you may be stopping in, 855 episodes strong here on the Take It Easy podcast. Morgan from Australia is back again today. Uh, Our Super Bowl week of friends doing fun podcasts is all coming together here We got Morgan joining us. We're going to talk about Alvin Kamara a little bit. Not the greatest way of covering it. It'll it'll make sense down the road. All of our shenanigans that we usually have. When we start off the podcast with Morgan, I just go right into my thoughts on Lovey Smith becoming the head coach of the Houston Texans, which has nothing to do with the Super Bowl and has nothing to do with anything that you know, we talked about other than just the first minute on the podcast, but I did want to talk about this for like a good minute or so here on the Take It Easy pod A block. So maybe we'll make this into a full A block. Who knows? The the part that I thought about right before turning on the microphones with all of our notes and thoughts on the Lovey Smith situation is I'm getting tired of every year doing the Jack Easterby <laughs> team pastor running the Houston Texans, it could never stop being funny, but having to do serious analysis around it is just a little bit exhausting, because at its base level, last week when we were talking about Ryan Flores, we talked about white power and white privilege, and how white power structures work together to keep white power in place. 
The Houston Texans are the funniest example of this. Like, just blatant white power, and also they don't even try to hide it. Like, the Houston Texans are the shameless group of the white power structures. Like, some people, at least, like Aaron Rodgers, for example, and this doesn't have to do with white power. This is just an example that we were talking about before. Part of it has to do with white privilege, actually. The point is, Aaron Rodgers wants to have his cake and eat it. Aaron Rodgers is not like, I am proud, staunch anti-vaxxer. I'm going to stand behind this principle regardless of, you know, the consequences. Aaron Rodgers wants to have it both ways. Aaron Rodgers is, I want to be an anti-vaxxer, but I don't want to be a public anti-vaxxer. I want people to think that I am just like everyone else, that they assume the best of me, that I have the best image, that I have a, you know, pristine, proper quarterback who can be corporate face of State Farm. A lot of white power structures in society like to pretend that they don't exist. It's very well crafted by people who, you know, malicious or not, they're very smart and cunning when it comes to how can we disguise white power structures in meritocracy or how can we structure it in such a way that People don't point out the immense privilege that we have. How do we have front faces of our corporations that look diverse while in our corporate you know, board meetings it's 96 and 97% white and our shareholders are overwhelmingly white? So with all of that, how do we preserve white power structures without having any real change and not having the boat get rocked? Houston Texans come out and they're just like, all right, whatever. We're going to be run by a team pastor. We're just going to hire team pastor's friend who ran the Patriots for a while. We're going to make him the third highest paid executive in the NFL to run our shitty, shitty team. And we're going to fire Bill O'Brien. We're going to fire Romeo Grinnell after basically coaching a season because people are pointing out, look at the Houston Texans, faces of diversity, hiring three consecutive black head coaches because you could go Romeo Grinnell, David Cully, Lovey Smith. They're also going to fire all of them within one season. Like Lovey Smith is the same situation as David Cully all over again. Which suggests that like a year later, the Houston Texans are in the exact same situation they were last year, which, in all honesty, they are. The Houston Texans hit pause on their entire franchise. And last year, we talked about this a lot with the Houston Texans, whether it was the full story that we did about Easterby's 11, how Jack Easterby, who is a team pastor for the Patriots, is basically been running the Houston Texans for the last four years because he has the ear of the owner, Cal McNair, who inherited the team from his father, who was the inmates run the prison guy. Uh, the family is great friends with Mitch McConnell, which, you know, by association on that one. And they just want to hire their friends, and they get to make ridiculous amounts of money because, again, we talked about it last week, Washington, and I'm going to mention it again with Morgan, Washington football team, top four highest selling jerseys on Fanatics last week after everything that happened with Dan Snyder. Top selling jerseys still have season tickets off the board. Yeah, their attendance has gone down a little bit, but who gives a shit when 80% of your revenue comes from the gigantic television contracts that only get more and more lavish as NBC, CBS, Fox, and ESPN are single-handedly being propped up by cable t- and cable television as a whole single-handedly being propped up by the NFL and young Sheldon and this is how 
if the money is almost entirely guaranteed and there are no consequences for running your franchise like shit, the Houston Texans ran their franchise like shit, like gave away DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt for nothing. Deshaun Watson's so alienated that he wants to leave. The Houston Texans have no means to be relegated either. They're going to be in the NFL. They're going to make the ridiculous amounts of revenue. The system has been set up in such a way that there are no consequences for the Houston Texans just being shamelessly terrible. Shamelessly terrible. But the Houston Texans are the funniest example of all of this, where... Not only have they been so bad that they do the thing that happens whenever someone's bad and, you know, like really in a bad situation, which is call a black guy. That's usually the move. Every single Houston team did this last year, by the way. A.J. Hinch gets fired in 2020 after a massive scandal of 50 years proportions. They go hire Dusty Baker, who readily admits was not getting any calls to be a manager. Not a single call to be a manager from Dusty Baker. Now he's the manager of the Houston Astros because Houston was desperate to find anyone who would back up those players. Dusty Baker, congratulations, you now get to manage the Astros. Uh, Houston Rockets, 2020, Mike D'Antoni walks away at the end of the season. They trade Russell Westbrook for John Wall. James Harden forces his way out of the team. Steven Silas, you're the head coach now. You're going to be terrible for two seasons. The Rockets last year had the number two pick in the draft. This year, they're on route to a top four pick in the draft. You're going to be terrible for two years, probably get fired, never have a fair shake as a head coach because you just don't have the draft picks, don't have the talent. Houston Texans, fire Bill O'Brien. Romeo Cornell, you get to be the interim coach. David Culley, you get to be a coach for one year. Get $22 million. And now Lovey Smith, 63 years old, was not going to be a head coach ever again in the NFL if not for taking a job he simply could not refuse. Lovey Smith couldn't even believe that Lovey Smith was getting to be the head coach of the Houston Texans because the Houston Texans basically would have rehired David Culley if they didn't think that they could get their guy this year. And who was their guy? Josh McCown. Why was Josh McCown their guy? Because Josh McCown went to high school with Nick Casario. Josh McCown has never been a coordinator in the NFL. Josh McDaniels has never been a coach except for as a high school assistant coach. And he was going to get the head coaching job for the Houston Texans. Why? It's bare naked on all of this stuff. The Houston Texans are run by dudes who do not care about merit, want to hire all of their friends, put their friends in awesome positions of power, give them lots of money, have no consequences for the teams they do, run them into the ground, and ultimately, you by the cycles of the NFL, eventually you're going to win a game or two games. The Houston Texans are going to be bad for a really, really long time. Like, they might get all the draft picks for Deshaun Watson, and that'll give them a base-level chance. The Houston Texans are going to suck for a long time. I don't know who they get with the number three pick in the draft this year. I think they're going to probably struggle to develop them, unless it's like Evan Neal, where Joe Thomas can get picked at the top of the draft and be a Hall of Famer and never make the playoffs. They're probably going to bungle that situation. But at the same time, the Houston Texans... 
they lay all of this stuff bare. All of the things that Brian Flores is talking about. All of the things with white power that we don't talk about as being legit. I mean, I talk about it. And white people don't talk about white power structures in America. The Houston Texans are the most laughable example of that because they just lay everything bare. They didn't even do it just once, as we talked about last week, how uh, since the hiring of Mike Tomlin, there have in 2006, I want to say, I think there's been seven or eight black head coaches that have been hired and five of them were to five of the worst jobs possible in the NFL. It was Raheem Morris, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who were just designed to lose, and he got fired after, I believe, one season. Steve Wilkes with the Cardinals, fired after one season for inheriting a piss-poor job. Failed Josh Rosen across the board. Um, then you can go to Hugh Jackson with the Cleveland Browns, paid to lose. Brian Flores, paid to lose. David Culley, paid to lose. And now Lovey Smith gets to be number five, as we also hire Mike McDaniel, as the coach of the Dolphins, which is probably not a one-year hire. McDaniel probably gets two years with the Dolphins, but unless Tua becomes a special quarterback, the Plan C Miami Dolphins are headed for like a 7-10 and 10 season unless they can get carried by their defense. The point being, though, if you take it in a vacuum, those five coaches that are immediately hired to fail, the David Culley and Lovey Smith, in back-to-back years for the same goddamn team. And you can throw Romeo Cornell in the mix if you want to, because Romeo Cornell basically coached an entire season with Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt where they went 4-12 and last year because they were really unlucky in one-possession games. Just lays bare all of it. And you know what? This is how white power, especially in America, ends up staying in power. There are no consequences for your actions. The Houston Texans wanted to hire Josh McCown, and if it wasn't going to be Lovey Smith, they were just going to hire Brian Flores to get fired after a year so they could then hire someone else for an actually desirable job. The Houston Texans are laying bare all of the things that we're talking about in a really hilarious way because as we've talked about before, they were one football game away from going to the Super Bowl with a quarterback for the next 10 years. I mean, general manager Rick Smith and Bill O'Brien, shout out to them for, you know, writing that ship. They identified Deshaun Watson for when other people weren't. They traded up to number 12 to get Deshaun Watson. They, I mean, obviously J.J. Watt's a great foundational building block. They got DeAndre Hopkins. They got that team in order and just dismantled within three years just absolutely dismantled and it's the it's like the worst of the worst situation that lays bare all of the points of nepotism white power and hiring your friends to maintain and uphold white power structures and by the way when you can't hire your friends just hire a black guy to clean up the mess basically what the Houston Texans have been doing for two years now. They hired another Cully because, again, the whole point with Cully was that man is going to collect some checks and he is going to retire. Cully was 65 years old, had been a wide receivers coach of the Ravens most recently. Lovey Smith, 63 years old, fired as the head coach at the University of Illinois with a final record at the uh, uh, final record at the University of Illinois of 17 and 39, one winning season. It was six and six 
lost a bowl game in the Red Box Bowl. Lovey Smith in five years at Illinois, sixth in the Big t- sixth out of seven in the Big Ten West, zero and nine in the Big Ten West, seventh place, seventh out of seven, fourth out of seven, seventh out of seven. 17 and 39 fired as head coach at the University of Illinois one of the worst college head coaches of the last four years gets the defensive coordinator job with Cully because nobody would hire him it was his step back into the NFL he will get one year he will fail and all of a sudden he will end up becoming the I mean at this point he will end up being the retired guy who congratulations got to coach three teams in his career lovey smith in 10 seasons as an nfl head coach has three playoff appearances one of them happened to be a super bowl run and three playoff appearances in 10 years a terrible team with the university of illinois and now he gets to be the one-year head coach and collect his $22 million the same way David Cully collected his $22 million. And that's the funny part about all of this. They could have just kept David Cully, not paid him $22 million in a buyout, and just gone with him and Davis Mills instead of Lovey Smith and Davis Mills. It's all so incredibly laid bare. I mean, it's depressing on one level because it's all of the worst parts of America and white power brought together in one, but it's also just so funny. And sometimes we use comedy as a way to mask things that are depressing, as we are going to probably do right now a lot with Morgan from Australia. We are going to... Seamless transition right there. We're going to do a lot of using comedy to mask things that are low-key kind of depressing. Did y'all know that the greatest quarterback of all time is not just a goat on the field. He's a goat when it comes to investing. He invests in stocks and crypto and even art with Masterworks. Masterworks is the investing platform that lets you buy shares in art from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol. And when that art sells, you get return on investments as high as 30%. If you want to get priority access with Masterworks today, go to masterworks.art slash believe. Masterworks.art slash believe to start investing in stocks and cryptocurrency and shares in artwork today. You can invest like the goat with Masterworks. See important disclosures at masterworks.com slash disclaimer. Ah, there we are. Oh, lovely. Love the orange. Way to, way to rep your boy. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning or afternoon or whenever we, it is. Yeah, we're going with um, Bengal orange. No. Bengal orange on the on the fingernails. Love that for you. Yeah, love that. Very summer Super Bowl vibes. Yes, wonderful. Your your middle of never, February summer. You'll never Super understand, Bowl. Kyle. You'll never understand. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. It's it's well, no, it's in the seventies today, actually. So you know, it's not not too terrible yeah, here. We're we're, yeah. we're living our best life. Um, <laughs> I was derailed just before this because I finished recording Tuesday's show before this one, and I'm derailed by the fact that Lovey Smith is going to be the coach of the Houston Texans. 
um, because last year we did the whole thing where we were like, well, it's clear that the Texans job is terrible. They just hired the 65 year old wide receivers coach of the Ravens. So this is clearly just a one year job. He's just going to get, he's going to cash those checks and have a lovely retirement. And then they did it again, like the second goddamn year in a row. They just hired old guy who's never going to be a head coach again to fund a lavish retirement for Lovey Smith, which, by the way, Lovey Smith doesn't even need because he got fucking 17 million dollars from Illinois when he got fired there. Like this man is stealing money from one Super Bowl appearance 15 years ago to just coach the shittiest programs in all of football. And I've just been blindsided by this and I needed to rant about it for a minute. <laughs> you good? Yes, I'm good. Hello. There's Great to no, see you. There's no justice. They, they either get nothing or they get all the money and a shit job. Yeah. Re- reparations for Lovey Smith, who already got that from Illinois. He already stole that money from Illinois. Now he's going to go steal some more from the Texans because literally no one will take that job. I can't think of a worse like team that has ever like had a situation like this. Like I know the Jaguars are going through two coaches in three years because Doug Peterson's going to get fired in two years, but he's going to deliver some amazing looks likes for us. But I, I know he's going to get fired too, but man, this is really bad. What's going on in Houston? <laughs> yeah, it's rough. Yeah. They, they were single-handedly good enough to fund three teams next 10 years. They gave the Cardinals, Kyler Murray, and DeAndre Hopkins for free. They gave five first-rounders for Laramie Tunsil to the Dolphins, and someone's going to get Deshaun Watson for the next 15 years. They're funding three different teams. Well, they most successful. four if Kyler goes somewhere else. That thing is so dumb. It's so dumb, the Kyler Murray. Everything that the Cardinals are doing... All I can describe the Cardinals as for the last month is just dumb. Like, we should not know that Michael Bidwell cursed out Cliff Kingsbury and his general manager in their post, in their like post end of season meeting. Like, we should not know that that happened. We should not know that he was possibly going to keep the bonus playoff checks away from the coaches. We should not know that they're going to try and lowball Kyler Murray. Like, it's, uh, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. Yeah. So Kyle Murray no longer follows the Arizona Cardinals on Instagram and no longer has your photos and he's having a bad breakup even though he's still there. What's yep. going on? But what, there is going to be no got, breakup. Is this because he got benched in the Pro Bowl? Like what's going on here? Man, I don't know. Like I, Cardinals fans want to dump on him for this sometimes. I'm like, do you, have you seen Aaron Donald before? Like they were trying to block him with their third string center, their second string left guard, and their offensive line was shit before all of this. Like, what what do you want them to do? The guy could fit in Aaron Donald's pocket. Like he's tiny little <laughs> human. He's doing his best. He's doing his best. The magical quarterback. This is the other part. Is even if he wanted to get out, he can't because Arizona has him under contract basically for four years. They got two years on the rookie deal plus the franchise tags. He he can't leave. His ass can't leave unless he's willing to just like blow shit up in Arizona, just destroy his name. Not in the Deshaun Watson way, but just destroy his name by making yeah, no everyone. One, no mad one chooses at him. that. No one chooses the Deshaun option. 
Yeah, I felt like I felt like I needed to clarify that as I was going is not destroy your reputation, the Deshaun Watson way, destroy your reputation, the James Harden way, where it's not actually that bad. It's just that everyone gets mad at you for going to a strip club and, you know, half assing it during a game. And it's all of these anti sportsmanship things where PJ Tucker was about to fight him. How dare you? actual things that you do wrong no that's fine yeah it's not like these are actually criminal offenses oh no seeing Tyreek Hill's son on the coverage of the pro ball made me real angry I don't know what I'm more mad at the fact that they would broadcast that on television as NFL propaganda or that we're talking about the pro bowl (laughs) I didn't actually watch any of the game I just heard about Kyla and that was in the skills competition where that you you know the so I've been saying for for well really three years now because we've had the podcast for three years that the Pro Bowl just should not exist um, and people are like well what's your alternative to fixing the Pro Bowl I'm like no alternative just get rid of it altogether like we don't, don't we don't need it, it. Does surplus to needs yeah exactly so two years ago. Kobe Bryant died two hours before the Pro Bowl started. So the entire Pro Bowl just turned into, hey, everyone, let's talk about Kobe Bryant during the broadcast and all be sad and awkward because the worldwide leader in sports on the biggest sports story of the last decade has coverage of the Pro Bowl going on. And then last year, they just canceled it and no one cared. They're just like, oh, yeah, it just wasn't there. Whatever. That should have been the moment that told you we don't need this anymore. We don't we don't need this as a concept, but it's it's money. This is Kyle from the future who wants to put in as a little disclaimer here before we start talking about Alvin Kamara. When we first begin this, I did not know what the allegations were against Alvin Kamara. I may have used the phrase domestic violence when I meant to talk about assault and just violence in general. Um, I did not mean to say that in the context of this conversation. I read the article, as you will hear us right now discuss, and I now know that Alvin Kamara just beat up some guy at a Vegas hotel at 6.30 in the morning and then got arrested at the Pro Bowl. So, putting that out there, I could have cut that part out, and I felt like in the spirit of this podcast and the flow of the conversation, I'm going to leave that part in. It was an, a, a mistake on my part. I apologize on the front end. And now we can resume with the podcast, where I marvel at the incredible fact that Alvin Kamara got detained by police at the Pro Bowl. I apologize, and we return to the podcast. The thing that just made me irrationally angry was seeing Mac Jones warm Mac up Jones, on a yeah, Twitter like video. Just um, like it, it holds no prestige. Yeah. It, it's nothing. No one wants to actually play in it except for the people that want to go to Las Vegas. And maybe they shouldn't be going to Las Vegas, Alvin. Alvin, that's funny. You brought up Tyreek and I'm like, that wasn't even the story of domestic violence and intimate partner violence of the week because now Alvin Kamara all of a sudden finds himself in hot water. At 5.50 p.m. 
5.50 p.m. <laughs> the game ended at 3 o'clock. It was the day before. Oh, it was the day before? It was on the Saturday. Oh, okay. That would make more sense. Okay. I, I should have read up on this story before talking about Alvin Kamara and domestic violence. I probably should have read up on the details You know it's domestic this. violence? <sighs> Damn it. I need to... I need to, I need to let's cut this except we're not going to cut it throwing the word allegedly in everywhere allegedly allegedly but allegations is what i see here okay according to mike triplett of espn video surveillance oh video surveillance interesting hang hang on yeah go Video surveillance shows New Orleans Saints running back Alvin Kamara punching a man approximately eight times before Kamara's associates proceeded to stomp on him several more times in a Las Vegas casino Saturday morning, according to a police report. Kamara was taken into custody inside Las Vegas's Allegiant Stadium on Sunday evening after he played in the Pro Bowl. Yep. The cops showed up to the stadium? Yep. yep. No. Yep. No. Yep. You've got to be and kidding he, and he me. And he stayed there overnight. You've got to be still in that kidding me. Pro Bowl uniform. Okay, I'm learning this for the first time on the right. air. Oh, so my So we're going to gosh. apologize to Alvin Kamara, who did not engage in domestic violence. No, he just. Did not hit a woman. No, he didn't did hit not. a woman. They didn't say he stomped in anyone. He hit him eight times, which I think is a lot of times for Alvin Kamara to hit somebody. Seems pretty chill. What happened? Uh, have you watched Euphoria on no. HBO? Okay, so the spoiler alert for people listening, it's not that big of a deal. The The end of the first uh, episode of the new season is it ends with a guy smashing a bottle on someone's head and then just repeatedly punching him out like eight times. And in my mind, that's just how I envision this Alvin Kamara thing going. It's just guys on the ground and Alvin Kamara, who's just gigantic human being, just going boom, boom. And I can't is believe- he a gigantic human being? I don't think he's he's gigantic by our standards. He's thunder I and mean, lightning, but I don't know if he's gigantic. Okay, now we have to look up Alvin Kamara. Because we're hype. just throwing allegations around everywhere here. Oh, no, Alvin, Alvin Kamara, Kamara, Alvin Kamara oh. is allegedly the same size as Kyler Murray. <laughs> They're both listed at yes. 5'10". Yes. <laughs> Alvin Kamara is a small human being who did not engage in domestic violence. No, <laughs> this is correct. I, I, I can't believe it. I am the fact checker. Okay, so the man who's- Why are who you is, saying this about Alvin Kamara? Don't make me do this. Don't make me hate him. You know what? Let's just uh, do it. Let's just reset all of this right now, even though no. all of this is going to get left in. Let's just, just keep talking about it. Let's just reset here. The man, uh, this is back to the Mike Triplett story. The man who was knocked unconscious suffered an orbital fracture to his right eye, among other injuries. Police said the video surveillance matched the man's account. The man said he started a conversation with one member of the group while waiting for an elevator. He was as he was leaving the Cromwell Casino after dark at Dreyas after dark club on South Las Vegas Boulevard at 6.30 a.m. local time. When the elevator doors opened, the man started to walk towards the elevator along with the large party. But a man later identified as Camara put his hand on the victim's chest to stop him. The man said he then pushed Kamara's hand off his chest and Kamara pushed back hard enough to cause the man to stumble back. Afterward, the man recalled being hit and kicked by multiple people and losing consciousness. According to video surveillance, the man was speaking to a woman before the events occurred. After Kamara pushed the man, one of Kamara's associates punched the man in the face. Kamara lunged toward him and punched him approximately eight times, including three after he had fallen to the ground. 
Three others in Kamara's group began stomping the man's face, chest, and legs. One of wow, one of Kamara's associates stomped him approximately sixteen times, according to the police reports. Wow, sixteen times, Jesus! That you heard me say wow in between because I was wow. You heard me doing it in between because I was reading ahead just to make sure I didn't like have a Urban Dictionary moment. And oh man, 16 times got me. Um, yeah. Camaro <laughs> was later. What the allegation was? What? Did, I, did you read out what the allegation was? What the allegation was? His girlfriend, his assistant, a couple of friends. Yeah, when, let's see. And so Camaro. His friend's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, wait. Kamara told police he was with his girlfriend, his assistant, and a couple of friends. Kamara said the man called one of his friends ugly while they were waiting for the elevator and later said, I'll whoop your ass too. Kamara said he saw a fight break out next to him and saw the man getting punched. When asked why he punched the man, Kamara indicated he thought the man was running away and had done something to his group, so he chased him and punched him several times. Uh, Okay, then. Wow. Um, they arrested him at the stadium. Jesus Christ. I can't believe that. That is the NFL is just going into DEFCON nine mode when they hear that he's getting arrested at the pro bowl. Gosh, really? He only punched someone eight times only, but, but the other guys stomped him out. That, 16 that's, times. That's, that's his fucking problem. He's not charged with that. <laughs> okay. Yes. So sorry. Any yes, answer. it's not a famous person. Therefore, we we're, no, we're good. <laughs> Maybe that person was ugly. Maybe that was the ugly person, and they were fucking upset. <laughs> the NFL has like I know we talked about all the time, like how oh look what's going to happen when you put a football team in Las Vegas and when you start doing business with Vegas. It honestly couldn't have gone much worse, right? Like the NFL's launch in Vegas simply could not have gone much worse because you start off with the fact. The NFL draft got canceled in Vegas because of COVID. So you can start with mm-hmm. that. Then you can go down the line of the shit storm of a season the Raiders had this year. And now we can go over to Alvin Kamara. Like, no, I think, I think we missed a bit. <laughs> like, I think we can safely say that what happens in Las Vegas doesn't just stay in Las Vegas <laughs> because it has been an absolute fucking shit show from <laughs> John Gruden to the dude that killed the girl and the dog. Just yeah, Henry Ruggs. Yes, he's a jerk. That's Damon jerk. Arnett brandishing guns, which honestly, the Titans had something like that as well. Wasn't there an armed robbery also by a couple of first round picks at one point? Is it DeAndre Baker or something? That then, that didn't have anything to do with the Raiders, but Mac Jones being in the Pro Bowl—that's up there, right up there. Yeah, just the idea that Mac Jones is. How did they had to have called Carson Wentz before, right? Like mm-hmm. I. I know parading, Mahomes parading Tariq Hill's son on the broadcast, like nothing ever happened to him prior to that. Okay, so without having seen the video that you're talking about, that feels like what happens when like they pan to the crowd and they have a problematic mascot, and so some white people take it too far in doing their dress up. That's what it feels like where everyone just gets uncomfortable. Cause if you know the background, everyone gets uncomfortable when they do it. It's like why why are you doing this? You and like, honestly, the issue itself is more that Tyreek Hill is a domestic abuser. 
the NFL putting it on at least acknowledges like, yes, we're not going to pretend like it doesn't exist. But at the same time, you know that this is a little a little tone deaf knowing the background there like anyone else's kids. OK, if you're doing it with Tyree Kill's kid, it's like someone probably didn't know that that was the case because they probably would have thought twice before doing it on the broadcast. He was on the field and doing whatever. Like, it, it just seemed like if it was Drew Brees and his undisciplined children, yeah, that's fine. But <laughs> Wait, what's the deal with that, Drew Brees' terrible, children? They're just terrible children. They're terribly behaved all the time. Every Wait, time I've never them, heard I'm this. Like, oh, my God, they're so annoying. I hate them. I, wait, I've never heard the lore behind this. Is so they're like Drew Brees has awful demon children, and yeah, and they're just like at an eleven all the time, and they're like running around everywhere, and they're jumping on everything, and they're like real, ah, oh, but they just run up to people and want to talk to them and get in the way, and they're just painful. And I think it was like a pro, it was a pro bowl or something, and they're like fucking running on the field. <laughs> just annoying children. I remember <laughs> after the last game, his his kids oh, yeah, were all they, running on yeah. the field. Running and on the field, they were passing with Tom Brady because they're like, "Dad sucks." Brady's <laughs> two now, though, so I'm not sure. Not sure it's a big deal for Dad at this point. Yeah, but Brady's kids don't want to play with him because they're like, "Stop playing football, Dad." Whereas, <laughs> uh, they loved it because they were fucking running muck everywhere. They're just so poorly was- behaved. That was so funny last week when Stu Gatz is like, well, what if Tom Brady's kids are like, well, we don't really need dad. We think it's cooler that dad's playing football. I was like, that's that's the argument you want to make is that Tom Brady's kids are just like, no, we don't want our dad to be here. Teenage kids, no matter what you do or who you are, teenage kids do not think you're cool. At all. But they also want you around. Like teenage kids don't want you to be like, okay, I'm just gonna go away forever. He's not Let's... dead. He's not uh, like he doesn't go away forever. God, it's 17 weeks and they're only away a couple of days. Get over it. Sure, okay. Yeah, but except when oh, he shut goes up, and... my dad went away for 12 years. I haven't seen him. It's fine. Yeah, no I know. Issues. No issues whatsoever. <laughs> It would have been better. Oh, look, no, look, we're, we're in the dead parent club over here. Like we. Oh, I'd be happy if he died. At least you have a reason to not be here. Yeah, we're, we're, we're all in this camp together here. It's like, yeah, it would be slightly better, but at the same time, you know, you, you build whatever else after the fact and, you know, it's better to have parents there. Not like it's one of the hardest things to overcome is losing a parent, but on the flip side, you know, it's well, <laughs> If- we went to dinner last night and I before, and my mum was out of her mind for some reason. My brother's got a new girlfriend, and my mum was talking to her about her previous relationship and her son to her previous partner. And she, this girl said, oh, he doesn't see his son anymore. He hasn't seen him for years. And I was like, oh, I can't believe people do that. I was like, mum, your husband, your ex-husband hasn't seen your child for 12 years. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? I can't believe people do that. Like, Stu, Stu Gatz is strong in her. Drunk? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, this is exactly the same fucking situation. It's what we have here, you dickhead. Yeah, I can't believe people do this thing what? that I did to my mean? child. What do you mean men do this? I was like, um, hello, just here, idiot. Yeah. I think she, I checked both of those I boxes. Might, I think she might have lost her mind, actually. It, it was uh, really possibly. Possibly she, lost her mind on that. 
oh no just the whole dinner was weird she was like every now and again we were having a conversation about something she's like is that ice cream over there what are you talking about (laughs) and my brother's like we're having a conversation about something else she's like yeah but that's ice cream over there yeah okay and then my my brother's new girlfriend like we knew oh she he knew her whatever 10 15 years ago and for some reason my mum doesn't know what happened yesterday but she knew that she saw this woman 12 15 years ago one day when she was pregnant and remembered her partner's name at the time and wanted to talk all about it i was like what the fuck are you doing today? Honestly. Like, she was on one. No, she was, she was on, on one. one. Yeah, she needs to be off that. Anyway, I need therapy. This is the wrong conversation. Well, I mean, it's a good conversation to have with your friends. It just, you know, you got to be able to trust 40 random shit, random fucking people with your vulnerability also. Because oh, all of nothing. this. These are not my problems. These are their problems. We're not even getting into mine. Yeah, that's fair. We haven't we haven't gotten into your problems yet on the podcast. Give it give it a couple more weeks. We'll get it. once <laughs> once we have no football to talk about, then we'll we'll start oh, we can, getting in deep yeah. into the weeds. I'll tell you my problems. gambling stories. We'll get get into my addiction stories about gambling. That's fun. That's fun. That's a that's a step up at some point. Um, love that. Love that for me. Love that for you. Yeah, I checked both boxes off. You can get dead parent club and parent leaving club. You got you got both of those on there. Uh, so you hit the lottery. Yeah, I mean, if only you could, well, I guess kind of, but if only you could get money for it. Life insurance does kind of give you that compensation, but uh, you, can, you can only check off so many boxes before you look up and be like. I wondered how that worked. Huh? I always wondered how that worked, but then I was like, my dad will never die because that would be just too convenient. Well, it's easier when you know the death is coming, I believe. I believe because then you can take out life insurance and they'll still kind of accept it. Even if you've like, hey, we got this terminal illness going on here. Um, we kind of we kind of need that life insurance policy. I think it's too late to cover my mom. I think I'm just going to be shit out of luck. Terminal illness. I mean, it, every, she's, ter- every- she, she's terminally ill, but it's been a long time. And I think <laughs> That's the thing I was gonna say. Terminally <laughs> ill doesn't mean tomorrow. You know, could die, could die ten years from now, could twenty years from now. Who knows? Years, twenty more years of this. Yeah, you would be in your fifties at that point. You shut the fuck up. <laughs> you'd be, you'd be almost as old as Drew Brees. Shut up. I still won't have any fucking bad children. <laughs> Oh god! This I know cool. Drew Brees is only like forty-two, but I like to just imagine that Drew Brees is just Gen Z at, or Gen X at this point. Like Drew Brees is just born in the good old day. Like he grew up in the seventies. Like I, I, no, I've got it now. I like to. I just assume Drew Brees is Jim Harbaugh's age. Like that's I. That's what I always assume. I know they're like like Jim Harbaugh theoretically could be Drew Brees's father. But I like to just think that they're the same age in my mind. Do you think they drink milk and have sleepovers? Uh, Drew Brees, I think, would be good at a sleepover. Drew Brees would yeah. be Drew Brees would be awesome to have at a sleepover. Drew Brees absolutely drinks two percent milk. Yeah, of course. Drew Brees sponsors Wranglers. It's a guarantee that he decries oat milk and any milk that's not whole milk straight from the cow. And lots of it. As the way, just the way that nature intended it. Straight from the cow. Straight from the fucking cow. That's Drew Brees' <laughs> mantra there. <laughs> I think he, I think he formula fed those kids. That's why they're cooked. 
I don't know. That one kid looks like he's going to be like a rower one day. There's one kid that like, I know Drew Brees isn't that big. There's one kid that looks like he's going to be like six foot four or something you like that. I'm like, you know why he looks like he's going to be a rower? Because he suplexes the other one every minute of the day. Just throws him around. <laughs> How do you think Drew Brees' wife feels about all of this? How do you think Drew Brees' really, wife feels really, about Really stressed. I think she... She might drink before midday because I would. If I, I look at those kids and I'm like, oh, God. Also, what is the de- I mean, I know it's like a, you know, like white quarterback more so than anything else. But what is the deal with all these quarterbacks and having a fuck ton of children? He's like got three. He's not like Philip Rivers. Yeah, I feel. Oh, that's another funny story. Austin Eckler went on a podcast this week and he was talking about when he when he was first in training camp, he thought Philip Rivers was doing like a make a wish thing <laughs> at practice. He's like, no, nah, that's just his family, bro. <laughs> it was like, oh, my Lord, that's like eight kids. He thought he was doing like a day with Philip Rivers thing with a bunch of kids. It's like, no, those are that's just his family. <laughs> um, family. Family. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, Matt Ryan, I think, has a bunch of kids. I know we, we talked about Derek Carr's kids. Why? This seems to be a weird theme on the podcast is that we talk a lot about the the children. I like kids. Um, I, I know it doesn't sound like it. I like kids until a certain point, and then I don't like them anymore. <laughs> so when they, get, a, when they get to Drew Brees' kids' age, I hate them. They're very annoying. <laughs> Once they get to 13, it's not fun anymore. No, 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 not 13. It's like seven. Oh, seven. Uh, like he's still got he's got a little girl. She she's still in the okay category, but the two boys. Oh my god, they're so. Okay. Much. Uh, one of Matt Ryan's children's name is John Matthew Ryan. I feel like that's just a fucking Bible yes, character. Of course, <laughs> he is. He's got a John Matthew Ryan in there. There's another quarterback that has a shit ton of kids. I can't. It's not Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is too young to have a ton of kids. Um, huh? someone i mean we talked about Derek carr's kids Derek carr has a lot of kids we seem to talk a lot about the kids of quarterbacks here on the podcast i'm not sure why we've got gone... be a fun dad he'd be a fun dad ryan fitzpatrick i think he's got a lot he would, of kids. i don't i don't i don't know he might yeah he's got let's see one two three four five six seven kids ryan fitzpatrick has seven kids so many kids to have yeah i know uh one of them's name is just Brady. That's kind of funny. Um, gosh, I, I, I would have a lot of kids if know. you know. It's kind of interesting. Is that, that seven to thirteen age? If you just make power through those five years, just power through those five years, and you're good. Uh, the other interesting thing, Ryan Fitzpatrick looks like he's got like five girls and like two sons. So. Good, good for Ryan Fitzpatrick that he is the mellow side of the Harvard side of him gets to not be like Drew Brees' kid. Maybe, maybe his sister, maybe his daughters are body slamming each other like Drew Brees' kids, but you know, he gets to, he gets to have that balance in his life of not being the guy who takes off his shirt and pounds beers, <laughs> but he's also Harvard educated. He's just such a fascinating character. I think he was with one of his daughters at that game. Possibly. It's a great story. That daughter's got to be like cool. Like in the way that Stu Gotts's daughter is basically just Stu Gotts, like Stu Gotts's son living vicariously uh, or one of his daughters. Um, I feel like that's kind of the situation is that the daughters have kind of like embraced that. Like, yeah, this is cool. Our dad's this guy and we love him for it. We're not embarrassed by him. He's just, he is what he they is. They absolutely are embarrassed by him. They absolutely are. 
fun. They are. They are embarrassing. They're teenage girls. Yeah, but I feel like they look at him. I think he's been this their entire life that they look at him, you know, wearing the Deshaun Jackson outfit to the press conference and they're like, ah, oh, dad, ah, oh, dad. Just but then again, like if those, if they're like their friends that are male think that he's cool or think it's funny, then it's not so bad. But Yeah, no, they can't, they can't date fo- people who really like football. They got to date non-sports people, I feel like. Why? He tried to. <laughs> tried to marry him off to the Sanchez. Oh, you're talking about Stu Gotts. Yeah, it's Stu. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Fitzmagic. I'm like, no. Nah, okay. No, Stu. <laughs> Stu's girls absolutely think he's a fuckwit. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. No, one, one of them doesn't. One, the one that's a lacrosse player. I don't know about that. I feel weird talking about Stu Gotts' <laughs> children on this podcast. Why? They're with that else. It's fine. <laughs> uh you consider jumping over to the Bengals now as the Saints start to look even more like a fuck up of a franchise? <laughs> no, no, but I have been doing my absolute best to try and get a Joe Burrow t-shirt by Super Bowl Monday. Super Bowl Monday, right? No, <laughs> there is not one in this country. There is not God. a Joe Burrow t-shirt in this country. Yeah, that's and unfortunate. I'm, I'm very, very upset by this. I cannot get one here in time. <laughs> I can't find one here. So I'm just going to have to try and go to a t-shirt printing place and make one. Yeah. I, I don't, am I allowed to put an image that I find on Google on there? I don't think so. Possibly. Who knows? You if could. I change it to black and white, do I then own it? <laughs> I think we're going to let that one slide. I think we're good there. Oh, look, I'll, I'll go and try and make one tomorrow. And if, it works, then great. If not, yeah. Or an LSU t-shirt, I guess. I mean, that's close enough. You can just wear orange. Support your boy. Uh, it's gonna be so no. dumb if they win. It's gonna be so dumb. So excellent. So dumb. Excellent. Excellent. It's going to be excellent. It's gonna be excellent. It's gonna be yep. incredible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would. I would much rather. I'd much rather do the. Uh, I'd much rather do the Drew Brees' Children podcast than the Super Bowl podcast. because. Right, so I'll come back on the day after the Super Bowl and we'll talk about quarterbacks' children. <laughs> Seems to be a common theme. Also, it looks like the, the enemy might get has to be two, the coach. Of the Brady Saints. has two kids that are very close in age to each other because one of them is not Giselle's. Yeah. I don't. How did that work, by the way? Um, oh, because he got that Bridget woman pregnant. No, I remember. Uh, well, I have no idea who this person is. I only read about it in the book. Uh, Bridget Moynihan. Bridget uh, who's like nowhere near Giselle. Like she's. Yeah, but apparently was famous in the 2000s. It looks like back when Tom Brady didn't look handsome at all. I'm seeing these old photos of him. Tom Brady just, ugh. ugh. Yeah, there's a certain glow up that he had that um, Cristiano Ronaldo had one too, if you've seen the, the bust of yeah, Cristiano I'm Ronaldo. Not crazy. sure how that one happened. <laughs> By the way, Funny. is Tom Brady going to tell us all the secrets? Are we going to no, get to know all the not. secrets? We don't get no. to know how the sausage gets made? You know how the sausage got made. The fake doctor that's not a doctor. <laughs> Dude, he thanked the fake doctor before he thanked his family and the New England Patriots. So he should. So he should. 
that fake doctor has got him to still playing this game at 40 fucking five years old. Which he said he was going to do at 35. He said, I want to play football until I'm 45. I'm going to defy the rules of aging in that sport. I'm going to play until I'm 45. And Guerrero was just like, yeah, let's do it. He didn't think he was crazy. He didn't think he was stupid. He's just like, all right, let's go do it. Because Uh, he was prescribing. So he knew what he could do with him. Well, I don't. Th- I don't think Guerrero can prescribe drugs anymore. I think after the thing where he's like, "This can, because uh, yeah, this can cure cancer." Guerrero is all, all above board. Yeah, all above board. Mister Guerrero is all above board. Doctor Guerrero, not a doctor. Not a doctor anymore. Previously, uh, Doctor Guerrero, not Doctor oh, Guerrero. You've been anymore. called out by Antonio Brown. You fraud. I mean, but a lot of people have done that before. Antonio Brown called out the doctor. It's not a doctor. He's just Tom Brady's friend. Tom Brady's got power and influence. So. Yeah, and also he knows has Eastern he medicine. Out of Tampa Bay, right? Has he been kicked out of the facility? I don't know why Tampa would keep him employed. Like, unless he, unless they just want him to give really good deep tissue massages, which apparently was his greatest strength, is that he does very good deep tissue massages. Is it just the phrase "deep tissue massage"? Is that that what's doing it for you? He's a fluffer. I'm going to just take it further. Alex Guerrero and Tom Brady are having sex with each other. I'm going to allege that right here on the podcast. Why not? You've alleged domestic assault didn't happen. Nope, just assault. Not proud of myself for that one. Um, That's right. Because I, not- I, that would be the last straw for me. I couldn't support him if that was the case. You know, no, like, just stomped out a guy in a hotel. He did not stomp out anyone. He Damn it, you're somebody right. eight times. For Christ's sake, get it right, Kyle. The facts are this important. This is not going great for me. This is not going great. <laughs> this is not going great. Lucky I'm here as a beacon of truth and news. <laughs> Journalism's finest. You're keeping me in check for getting all of the details wrong I'm about the Alvin Kamara. I am chaos here. I am the agent of chaos. Why are you taking my role today? Because okay. I didn't come prepared. The straight man forgot to read the article about Alvin Kamara. He just heard Alvin Kamara got arrested. And I'm like, it's okay. The last time we get a good review. No one's going to review us well again. Yes, unfortunately. Yes, we are, we are so screwed at this point. Next week we get a two. But this is the good news is I can edit this later and do a full Alvin Kamara breakdown beforehand instead. I I can redeem myself with 20 minutes of in-depth Alvin Kamara analysis about him stomping a a guy. Sorry, punching punching a guy eight times at a hotel. And his associate stomping a guy out 16 times. And again, I, I cannot emphasize this enough. Getting arrested at the Pro Bowl. Detained at the stadium. Tell me you haven't heard this before. You're sitting in your favorite restaurant, coffee shop. Maybe you're sitting in an airport because your flight's been delayed for an extra hour and a half. You want to use your phone and you want to use your computer, but you're afraid of that public Wi-Fi because you've heard all the stories. Maybe it's happened to you where your data gets hacked, your information's out there on the dark web. It's, it's scary. It happened to me uh, last year, actually. If you want to protect yourself nowadays, it's really important that you get security. And NordVPN has a deal for you today. If you go to nordvpn.com slash believe and use our code BLEAV, you can get 70% off a protection plan with NordVPN for two years with an additional month for free. 
With a 30-day money-back guaranteed, you are also risk-free if you don't want the service. Sign up today at nordvpn.com slash believe. This is the only contact anyone had with another person at the Pro Bowl was Alvin Kamara getting arrested. Sean Payton's looking up. He's like, not my problem anymore. I'm like, <laughs> what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> Eric Bieniemy's looking at that like, oh, God damn. You, no, you know what's even funnier? Eric Bieniemy was in the middle of his eight-hour interview with the Saints. Eight hours. Eight hours. How many questions could you possibly have? Eight hours. That is absurd. Okay. The, the, somebody had a nine-hour interview, didn't they? Didn't Flores have a nine-hour interview? Uh, Flores had a nine-hour interview. Mike McDaniel had a nine-hour interview with the Dolphins. Um, we're just trying to keep up with everyone else, yeah? Bye. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh had a nine-hour interview with the Vikings. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh had a sleepover. <laughs> yeah, Jim Harbaugh did have a sleep. Well, actually, that's the other part. Mike McCarthy had an actual sleepover with Jerry Jones. His interview was, let's have an actual sleepover at my house. That was their interview. <laughs> I think it was like 28 hours long or something. They had a full sleepover at Jerry Jones's house. And all of a sudden, Mike McCarthy got the job and he'll be fired in very, three years. Very uncomfortable about that situation. <laughs> I, just, I just don't understand why grown men are having sleepovers. I don't. I, it's not okay to have sleepovers with kids. It's not okay to have sleepovers with other men. I just no, go home. You all have homes. All just a couple, just a sleepover with the boys. Just a couple of mentions. <laughs> Napping it up. But no. Steven Jones was there too. He's just upstairs in his childhood home. He's just like, Dad, I'm going to sleep. You can hang out with Mr. McCarthy longer. I'm I'm going to bed. <laughs> so fucked up. <laughs> Even the coaches what is Mike that we McCarthy wearing. I didn't know what Mike McCarthy's wearing. Oh God! Had to have been uh, long johns. That's yeah. my guess. Had to had to have been long johns with like blue stripes. That's my <laughs> guess. Or like something Andy Reid wears, or Vince Wilfork wears, like overalls. What are they like? Um, Andy Reid snoops. Nah, Andy Reid slips nude. He gives no Andy- fucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, they just wear these in public. Like Vince Wilfork shows up to like co- to cook a brisket, and he's just wearing only overalls, no shirt, no <laughs> pants, no nothing, just only nipples overalls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep, nipples out. Vince Wilfork. Yeah. Vince Wilfork is is peak human body performance. That's no that's shoes what we either. Have there. Just overalls, and no shoes. Uh, like, yeah. Like Greg Cody cooking a turkey, no shoes. Yeah, that's Vince Wilfork smoking a brisket is just only <laughs> only overalls. I imagine that's what Mike McCarthy sleeps in when he goes to sleepovers with Jerry Jones. You'd buy new pajamas for that, wouldn't you? If you were going for a sleepover at Jerry Jones's house. No, I'm go. just grabbing yeah, the no, bottom no, drawer. No, no. no fucking chance. What a chance are you going to that man, that billionaire's house in your fucking old faithful pajamas? No. Oh, you have him showing up in the pajamas. You have him doing. You have him doing the 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 you up text at eleven p.m. No, it's a special bath time. Surely you have to get to wear normal clothes there. Yeah, sleepover outfit there. That's creepy. Maybe he wears sweatpants. Maybe he does the you up at eleven o'clock text and just wears sweatpants on his way over. I'm gonna sweatpants are number two on the on three on the list. Visors, socks. Sweatpants. 
<laughs> well, we this is the this is the devil's trifecta for Dennis Allen. <laughs> the list of three things you never have sex with somebody when they're wearing them. <laughs> Socks, sweatpants. No. What if sweatpants is just for convenience? No. Oh no. No. What if I'm wearing I'm jeans? Not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not about convenience. I hate convenience. I like to be very <laughs> inconvenient. I don't own sweatpants. I never will. Out of principle. I should keep, I should keep this I've, in I've mind been, then. I've never I'm heard dying this on one this, before. No, I'm dying on this hill. I hate them. Maybe that's just like, like I don't hate them on other people. Other people, like other girls, it, they look okay. They're not for me. They're not for me. I just despise them. Also socks and also visors. Um, and dolphins, but that's irrelevant. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Did you know they, they pack rape? That's why I hate them. Yes, I am aware of this. <laughs> That's why I hate them. God damn, this is getting derailed so quickly. Everyone else is like, dolphins are great. And there were dolphin statues and dolphin necklaces. I was like, they pack rape. I hate them. <laughs> Happy Super Bowl week, everybody. Did yeah. you know that dolphins pack If you piss in the water near a seal, it will mount you. <laughs> <laughs> I went swimming with seals with my mum, my mum, my brother, and my brother's ex-wife. Um, swimming with the seals and dolphins, and mum kept going to me, going piss near Teresa, hoping the seal would mount her. What the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> if you hadn't said that five seconds quicker than you did, I was gonna make a joke about the Plan C Miami Dolphins. Hiring Tua, their Plan C quarterback, Jalen Waddle, their Plan C wide receiver, and Mike McDaniel, their Plan C head coach. They tried their best. They're just terrible. They're like the Texans who tried hiring Lovey Smith. No, we're just gonna go right to mounting a seal. That's that's much better. That's much better. I think we're talking more about pack rapers. <laughs> the Dolphins have been pack raping their fans. Frauding them out of their money, their hopes, their dreams, and their love. Oh, but this is what people. I don't feel bad for people when that happens anymore. The, this oh, week okay. was the final straw for me. Okay. No, no. This. I'll tell you. No, I'll tell you what happened this week. It's not how this works. When I saw, you don't get. You don't get to be my money. It's not how this works. You don't get to turn you back. No, this is this is the thing that that did it for me. Where I'm like, okay, you're like, this is the reason why that never changes. Is last week. On Fanatics, Washington Commanders, top four selling jerseys on the website. I'm like, you're just giving Dan Snyder all your money. Like, there's, of course it never changes because you don't have any, you know, you're not withholding money against, at the very least, buy it. For, I mean, again, this is, you know, capitalism without morals. At least buy it from like a Chinese website and don't give the NFL your money. But I also don't want to give money to slave labor in China. This is all very complex. And Which do you I, value more? Chinese lives or the lives of cheerleaders in Washington? You, you make the choice. Where do your morals lie? I mean, I, I was about to say, I was about to say, go buy a jersey from China. Like, at least don't give the money to the NFL. But and if you find a Joe Burrow t-shirt, can you send it to me? I could get you the Joe. I could get you maybe not Joe Burrow, but I can get you the uh, the the t-shirt of the Migos album that has Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T Higgins as no, Migos, Quavo, and Offset. No, do not want T Higgins. Not interested. Oh no! Wait, Quavo, Listen. Offset, Takeoff. That's my B. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't have Joe Burrow for you, but I can. Uh, 
They can get you right. a they can get you a Jamar Chase t-shirt from uh TJ Maxx. TJ Maxx. Do you know the year it's called TK Maxx or is that a different thing? I maybe yeah, it's I don't called know. TK Maxx. I don't know why. It's just I, like old shit, yeah. But <laughs> wonder who TJ tell. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty much like one of those things that's not gonna exist ten years from now. But Ross will still exist, won't it? Because I love Ross. Is Ross still around? I'm trying. I hope so. Which one? I love. I think I've been Payless stuck in went this out country of business. For, I've been stuck in this country for too long. I love Ross. It was fun. Let's see. Ross bankruptcy. So they fire for that. Don't put that out in the universe. Probability of bankruptcy: ten percent. Okay, not That's not terrible. Not so much. Yeah, it's not terrible. Only ten percent chance of filing bankruptcy. That's not not terrible. Uh. Yeah, they're okay. Uh, apparently, The Rock is sponsored by Dick Sporting Goods now. Just got a mm-hmm. sponsored advertisement for that when I was looking up Ross. Uh, not great job by Dick Sporting Goods, by the way. It's like Ross bankruptcy. Here's an ad for Dick Sporting Goods. This is a great way to place to get your clothes when Ross goes bankrupt. <laughs> Ross, dress for less at Dick's. <laughs> Uh, thank you for not having to answer that question with the Washington football team of which do I support more? Uh, my morals suggest that the world is a terrible place, but yeah, but I you, think because you're going to be like, well, one of them is not in my backyard. So, I mean, yeah, but also I want, I want to hold Sounds Dan like Snyder genocide. accountable, <laughs> but like genocide. Ten the solution like- is also to just, you'll see you know, things, but genocide, not quite one of them. The solution is also just don't buy Washington Commanders Taylor Heineke jerseys. It's really oh, not necessary. Love you don't, don't spend $200 on a custom Antonio Gibson Washington jersey. It's just it's not worth it. It's no reason. No reason you should be Honestly, purchasing that. Go and donate that $200 to a charity that supports women who suffer at the hands of people like Dan Snyder. Yes. Share, donate. You take that $200 you were going to buy on a Duran Payne jersey and you give it to organizations that support women who suffer. Morgan at from Australia. Correct. And then just write commanders on the front of your t-shirt. Yeah, sure. Uh, or commies. No, write commies. No, not saying that. Not making Commies. Not, no, not funny. Go away, Smitty. Nah. <sighs> That was a good joke by Smetty. I know she just stole it from the internet, but of course. uh, And then just like kept ramming it home. You know what's funny is if you if you choose Washington Commanders as the default on uh, Google, it actually autocorrects to Washington Football Team. Still, I wish they were still called the Football Team. I like it. Well, you could do it. I do. I've still been calling them the Racial Slurs for two years. Washington Racial Slurs. I'll keep calling them that, even though they have a new name now. Yeah. Yeah. Washington football team was kind of just, it was fine. It's like, it's like European soccer. What is in a name? That by what is in a name? Rose by any other word would smell as sweet. What? Shakespeare. Shakespeare, Carl. What? Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Yeah. What's that? What exactly? <laughs> Google it. Look it up. Look it up. Look it up. Look it up. Sue Gatz. No. <laughs> no. 
So what did we learn here today? We learned that dolphins pack rape. <laughs> and seals will mount you if you piss near them. If you piss near them, yes. Um, Drew Brees has terrible kids. Yep. And, and the Bengals are going to win the Super Bowl. And a quoted Shakespeare. Yep. Um, you learned that Alvin Kamara did not commit domestic violence, did this, not stomp anybody, and got arrested at this Pro Bowl. Yep, that is true. That's where we started this thing. And also, Lovey Smith is the coach of the Texans, full circle. We learned that the Texans are living in Groundhog Day. Drew Brees would be good at us. We, we learned that the that Drew Brees would be good at a sleepover, too. And yeah. Do you think Mike McCarthy wears long johns. He doesn't. He doesn't have double stuffed Oreos, so does Drew Brees. No, Drew, Drew Brees is probably a movie Mike guy. Mike McCarthy does. Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy would. I think he would really enjoy a conversation about food with Jamel and Stan. Yeah, Mike McCarthy and Andy Reid probably every year at the combine. Doug Peterson. Like, Doug Peterson loves ice cream, apparently. So he'd be in. Okay, that's one more thing we know about Doug Peterson. Other than he looks like one of the people in the cartoon, uh, or the painting of the dogs playing poker, along with I believe Mike Leach, and I forgot who else is in the dogs playing poker painting. Um, God, I made this edit a while ago. I can't remember who's in the poster anymore. Um, but yeah, Doug Peterson's going to be good at the looks like game. He'll get fired in two years. Trevor Lawrence is screwed. Uh, yeah. Sure, Lawrence put ice cream for Doug Peterson. Yeah, uh, but at least they can eat ice cream together and just be a one big happy dysfunctional family. And the New York Post Peterson, whose passion for the dessert is well known, received a welcome to Jacksonville gift for his new quarterback. Trevor Lawrence ensured some Hagen Dazs ice cream was awaiting Peterson for his introductory news conference Saturday. I'm sure that didn't melt in Jacksonville. I'm sure also that's a great gesture of like, hey, I'm not going to fucking show up. Here's some ice cream. That's how much I give a shit about you as coach. And of course, Peterson just wanted plain vanilla because he is plain vanilla. Yeah, that's pretty much right. Uh, this is going to be a total dumpster fire. Is there any like like this moderate football question? Are any of these coaching hires good? It feels like all of these were just shitty coaching hires for shitty teams. Everyone's going to be sad. But it, it annoyed me that like Trevor Lawrence had to tweet out like, oh, heard a coach, heard the coach likes ice cream. I've got a little something for you all tomorrow. Like you don't have to advertise that you're going to do it. Like just do it. Yeah. Like Joe Burrow said, you know, you don't got to post everything on Instagram. Just That's right. You don't need to post your workouts. Just put in the work. Yeah. Just put in the work. Noted. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll continue to not post gym selfies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I can say with certainty I've never posted a gym selfie. I took my second mirror selfie of my life this weekend. I'm not gonna, I don't do it. You do because you've done it twice. I've done it twice, but that's pretty you good by it. the standards of you know. Okay. I've probably taken two. I've taken more than two today. Whatever. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I didn't post them anywhere, but that's all right. Whatever. Yeah. Um, do all of the. Gosh, now I'm thinking of like Mike McCarthy and Doug Peterson at a sleepover together. Andy I feel Reed. like they would be great. Andy, Andy Reid has to be there. Oh, Andy Reid would, he would have the best snacks. Yeah. Andy Reid. I, I want to go to a sleepover at Andy Reid's house. At Andy Reid's house? It has to be at Andy Reid's house. 